1: 5.07 on this Friday, February 3rd, 2023, or we've been saying all afternoon, it's 2 3 I'm Dave Congleton. Uh, thanks for joining us. In about an hour, Carl Beck predicts the future. Uh, We're going to skip the open line today and go directly to our special guest as uh, we welcome back to this broadcast District 3 County Supervisor Don ortiz Lake Supervisor, how
2: are you? I'm great, Dave. Thank you so much.
1: Nice to see you. Thanks for coming in.
2: Yeah. We're going to
1: take things out of order here. Uh, The big news is coming out of the county building.
2: Right. The new cafe. We have the new cafe. The Bridge Cafe opened this week, and this is the cafe that is um, sponsored by Restoration Partners and it is the we call it the bridge they've named it the bridge because it's a bridge to a new path for those that are working in that cafe Hmm. and um it's you know i'm just looking at the menu here it's going to open at 7 a.m and um it closes at three they have breakfast and lunch and the prices are incredibly reasonable today i had a salad that was ten dollars and you know that's i mean things are just not that reasonable these days so um the quality is fantastic uh, the, the the premise here is that um, the Restoration Partners has always worked with people reentering society, coming yeah. out of um, paroles, etc. And so um, they have their head chef, Jason. I'm sure Sister Teresa has been in here talking about him. Mm-hmm. And so um, he's just an incredible um, pastry chef. And they've got wonderful things. I brought you a chocolate croissant. I brought you a savory um, scone and a peanut butter cookie, a chocolate chip cookie and... Uh, so yeah.
1: breakfast and lunch in like a little bakery.
2: Uh, and a little bakery, yes, yeah, some beautiful food, and right there at the county building, and here we have a chance for people to learn how to work in hospitality. It's a little bit with to College, it's um, giving people a, a chance to get some experience, and then they can move out into our hospitality industry, which is in need of, of good trained workers.
1: Is that just Monday through Friday?
2: It is right now, Monday through Friday, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Seven to three. Yes. Breakfast and lunch at the bridge in the first main floor of the county building.
2: That's correct. So please come down.
1: That's great. Well, other places have tried that and it hasn't worked out. So let's hope that it works out for the bridge.
2: Yeah, I think it's. I think it's got a good combination of things and um, prices and yeah. Let's. I think we got a we got a winner here.
1: All right. Um, other thing to take out of order, please, supervisor. Yes. I want to talk about Diablo mm-hmm. because there's some news. I guess we're going to have a visit next week.
2: We are having a visit next week, and um, this is kind of new out. I don't know if it's even in the press. I'm sure it will be by the end of the day. we my document but on Friday from nine to three they will be taking public comment on Diablo Canyon and particularly the um the bill 846 that is giving Diablo an extended life and then also was written in that bill with some items regarding um conservation and perpetuity and some economic development and so basically people from the natural resources department um coastal commission lands commission will all be at the county building to take public input on regards to the process is that in the
1: supervisors chambers
2: yes it is all right mm-hmm. so anybody
1: can come by make a public comment for or against diablo canyon
2: That and also just um, you know the 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 part that's really interesting is the overall lands conservation. You know, we're talking a a large swath of land, and there's some um, in the California Public Utilities Commission, which will be there too. You know, they originally had the first bill in regards to letting the Native tribes have first dibs at any kind of utility land that was going up for sale. Right. And so part of that will be in that conversation as well. There are some plans that are coming forth from our community that is coming out. So there's a lot of excitement. I think you know, we as a community have been working very hard at coming together so we can have both um, the ability for our native people to get their land back, um, also keeping parcel P to do economic development, and then allowing for um, some... Um, public access to those beautiful coastline and lands.
1: But in the short term, the goal is to keep Diablo Canyon up and running.
2: In It's actually a dual process in a way. This is happening, and yes, keeping Diablo Canyon up and running, that's correct.
1: Because you've been in favor of that.
2: Yes, I have. All right. yes. But
1: uh, there was uh, the court decision uh, last month saying that uh, PG&E had to, they rejected the quick... The shortcut?
2: No, the NRC basically said that we cannot use your original application that had start. They had started um, back in 2009, I believe it was, and they started working through it. And then, of course, the deal was made in 2016, and so um, they resurrected that paperwork, so to speak. And um, but in the meantime, um, you know, that was just a way to save some efforts and things. But nobody wants to take shortcuts on safety or anything right. like that. So.
1: so you don't see. The- this really uh, affecting the process you still think that diablo canyon will be extended
2: i have a good sense that they're going through all of the necessary steps to ensure a safe relicensing process to allow for diablo canyon to continue to generate carbon-free energy for our state
1: And then uh, two other energy questions, then, Supervisor. One, what about uh, wind power uh, off Morrill Bay and the central coast?
2: Yes. So that is moving ahead as well. Um, You know, last fall, we had the three winning companies that had the highest bids to get the leases off of our coast, There was another one company got the leases off of the Humboldt Coast. But regards to our coast, we have three companies that are now coming um, to visit and trying to determine what it's going to take to install three gigawatts of floating offshore wind. That said, we also had a release through our economic partnership with REACH, a infrastructure study on potential locations for port infrastructure. Port infrastructure is very critical for the offshore wind industry, and it's also critical for our ability um, regionally to be able to have an influence as well as the jobs and the economic um, benefits of offshore wind. So people kind of are like... Well, does this mean something's going to happen for sure? No. What this study was, and you can go to reach, you can click on offshore wind, and you can download 117 pages of a study that was done by an engineering firm called Mott MacDonald, which is a very big global firm that understands large infrastructure. And you, you will see what they did is they went along the coastline from Santa Barbara County all the way up, a little bit past Cambria, to see where is it physically possible to put in the kind of deep water port that would support offshore wind. Not a port that is going to be building something like San Pedro or Port Wanimi, but a port that can support the outlay, the installation, and then the further maintenance of these offshore wind turbines.
1: And then the last question about energy supervisor, what about Central Coast Community Energy? Uh, It sounds like the supervisors want to push that. Does that include you?
2: that is um i am the linchpin on that one and so um i always am open to every conversation with all stakeholders and all my partners on the board and so we are bringing that forth to have that partner ship um, excuse me to have that uh, conversation and um i said i am always open to things i really want to dig in a little bit deeper um, in what that means for us
1: well you have to recuse yourself because of your pg e no employment.
2: No, absolutely no. not. I haven't. I don't get any money from PG&E anymore. Okay. So,
1: <laughs> uh, and, and and what would what would C C C E have to prove to you to get their support? What would you be looking for?
2: Well, there's there's a couple of things that I'm really looking for on the three C um, energy. I I am one who um, because I not just because I support um, um, Diablo Canyon. It's not so much about that. It's more about I'm looking for firm power that is carbon free and the. Advancements on nuclear technology are coming at us very quickly. And right now in their platform, they don't allow for nuclear. And to me, I think that looking towards the future and looking at our younger generations who are very supportive of new nuclear technologies, that that's something that I want to understand and I want to see if they would incorporate nuclear. Not buying power from Diablo. That's not what I'm asking for. Right. I'm asking them for them to open their portfolio a little bit wider because firm power, like nuclear power, is very critical for the stability of our grid, and it's also very critical when we go into extreme weather conditions.
1: You really are the Lynch pin on that you're going to be the swing vote yeah yeah all right no (laughs) pressure all right Uh, district three county supervisor Don ortiz leg on this broadcast more conversation and your phone call still to come we're live we're local this is hometown radio We are so busy next week. I, I can't even tell you who. I know we got uh, Sandra Gore Nielsen and we've got uh, Sam Cotton and we have Dr. David Canvasser and we have Elizabeth Barrett from Public Radio. I'll just uh, just stay with us throughout the week. The Dave Congleton Show, weekday afternoons, 305 to 7 o'clock, right here on KVEC. We are in conversation with District 3 County Supervisor Donner ortiz Leg. We'll welcome your phone calls, after news at the bottom of the hour. Meanwhile, there's one other thing about uh, 3CE you wanted to mention.
2: Yeah, the last thing was that um, I'm looking towards the um, workforce standards that they have in regards to 3CE and the projects that they invest in and things like that. So I wanted to mention that.
1: What uh, When will that come up, do you think? I
2: don't know. That's not scheduled at this point. But I think it's fairly um, uh, soon because, from what I understand, they want us to join by March. And that I don't like pressure like that. You know, I'm one of these kind of people. But – what we'll happens see. if
1: you don't join by March?
2: And you have to wait a year and a half, I think it is. Oh. And I, you know, I mean, this is a big de- decision. And it's, I don't know. You know, I know all seven cities, and I know that, you know, people think it's great. And it's, and I've, you know, been involved with uh, aggregated um, aggregators for since they started. Um, but I just you know I, I tried to explain, when you represent the largest carbon-free generator in the state in your district and you don't count that in and all of that, it's something to, to think about.
1: Hmm. I hear hesitancy in your voice. Yeah, yeah. right. should be very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, uh, the new supervisor, Jimmy Paulding, was on last month. Boy, what a fire plug. Oh my God. Talk about the difference now. Obviously, the big difference is a three-two majority to the left. But just talk about the last month under Paulding.
2: Well, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy is, I don't know, I'm very energetic, and I love Jimmy's energy. And so it's really nice to have somebody that um, is excited about really trying to... <laughs> Make some real positive changes for our county, and um, also has vision in regards to helping people whether it 's within housing whether it 's on the homeless front um, everything he just he 's just interested in everything and um he 's very open and he really does his homework and it's it's just a really a, a great um, a great thing. And, you know, he's been in the building a lot, you know, since COVID, a lot of people come in and out and, you know, of course, you know, we can do things. There's so much that's on zoom now, Yeah. but, um, he's right next door to me and he's been coming into the building and getting his one-on-ones with all the department heads. And so it gives me a chance to walk across and talk to him and just, um, share things and, um, discuss priorities and making sure that we're not too exuberant. You know, like we said, we want to be prudent here. We don't want to just, you know, change the world in, in in thirty days or something. Um, it's 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 a lot of responsibility that we have. We have a lot of challenges, and you know we had the storms, and and so we're just. Were really you like looking.
1: that? Were you like that at the beginning when you first came in? Um, Did you have to learn to slow down and understand the process?
2: I'd say yes. I mean, when I first came in, don't forget we were at the height of COVID. The whole building was in stress over the division. And, I mean, I got in the building and nobody was home. (laughs) It was like, where is everybody? So it was a little different. But, yes, I certainly had to understand, you know, we, people come to us with ideas and we have to work them through, but we really have to work with our staff because, like I always say, you know, we come up with a lot of things, but we really have to direct staff and we have to be careful on how much we put on them.
1: So, what about the whole redistricting? Where are we with that and how is this going to be resolved?
2: Well, Basically, I think that the um, statement that came out from the closed session was that we wanted to settle with the um, litigation, with the citizens of good governance. And so we're waiting to hear. I don't know where that's at right now as far as what they've said in return. But um, we didn't. We were ready to settle. And um, it was a 3-2 vote on that. Right. And it's basically, you know, the the message has been coming through is that we don't think that this map serves this county well. And that is a message that came through loud and clear in many ways.
1: Do you think the map was illegal?
2: I do think the map was illegal. Okay. I do think it was illegal. I think that it was um you know I always talked about what I saw you know to taking apart communities I never understood how you could put the city of Arroy Grande together with the Carissa Plains I mean my experience on the Carissa Plains is, is pretty deep and you know everybody in the Carissa Plains goes to Atascadero right. <laughs> so I just there was things that just didn't make sense you know Los Osos and Morro Bay and and uh, the fact that District 5 the new District 5 was Los Osos all the way to Oceano and it, and it was that day of the storm when I was up in Los Osos, and we had flooding in Oceano, flooding in Avala Beach, power down in Avala Beach, and the whole coastal thing, and I was just like, "Wow! If I was having to take care of this one district, it would be—I uh, don't know how you do it."
1: And they were all orphan districts at the time because yeah. none of them had supervisors. Yeah.
2: So just a lot of a lot of a lot of things that were uh, challenging.
1: So, because you're a situation supervisor, you're going to have to run for re-election in 2024, right? Hmm. So are, be a, are you expecting to go back to the traditional district for that race, or too early to tell
2: it's too early to tell yes i I think it will probably be something on the nature that's similar. maybe there may be some you know slight changes. you know we did approve two other maps um in that November of twenty 2020, twenty no twenty twenty one um when we took the the patent map was the the one that the majority wanted and then there was two other maps that had been approved so possibly we go back to one of those one was very similar to what we have and then the other one i think took cal poly out of district five and put it back into the city or something like that
1: did you see the story in the tribune yesterday about sam Blakesley?
2: yes i did
1: uh, I'm, I'm curious to be your reaction because every time I interview somebody from a city about homeless, they go this is a regional issue yeah it 's a regional issue well you're a How'd you 're a supervisor how would you i mean what happened to Sam and sam 's response but then here 's a Blakesley in town fifty years thinking of moving away
2: yeah i I have my own angst about the petty theft and crime. I was very surprised at the statistics that were noted in that um article but i certainly understand his frustration right now in my district um outside of this borderline of grover beach pismo beach and state parks there's that pismo lakes it's called yeah. and it's an area where there's an enormous amount of encampments those families that live around that neighborhood have I- experienced enormous amount of petty theft and um this kind of non Crime, but enough to be so. It's it's unnerving, and um, when you have children also in the house, and um, you know your your stuff's taken out of your garage and all of that. So, in my considerations of all this, Dave, is that and it's something that I am kind of trying to figure out. Um, and that is that we're learning a lot about our unhoused populations. There is a section of the unhoused population that basically with the way things are that you know you there's nothing you can do when they just steal something that's under right. $1000, right? right? And so that part is really bothersome because it's like we go in there we have um services available would you like to move into the cabins and basically people are like no that's okay.
1: Hmm. All right. Uh, We are in conversation with 3rd District Supervisor Don ortiz Leg. We've got news and traffic and weather. We'll pick up that conversation and invite your participation as well. You're listening to Hometown Radio. Let's see if we get California headline news. On Monday, Tom Franciscovich, editor-publisher of Slow Life Magazine, introduces the new issue to us. Sam Cotton talks about the new rebates to get people more on electric bikes. Some of the segments we're working on for next week. Carl Beck predicts the future at 6.05. We are in a conversation with District 3 County Supervisor Dawn Ortiz-Legg. If you want to join us, please do. Phone lines are open. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Feel free to shoot us a text on the Stolberg Tatum text line. Meanwhile, Supervisor, just before the news break, we were talking a little bit about homelessness and the Sam Blakesley incident yesterday. I have noted that the new board has decided to make homeless a priority.
2: That's correct. It's it's continued um, from last year, but I think that we actually made some headway in creating this new homeless division. And, you know, we have our first pallet home shelter. We have another set of them getting um, put in place. We, we're we building the team. One of the things that we also have is housing. But back on the homelessness, to t- get back to that um, that situation that Sam was talking about, is that that is – that piece right there, that slice, we need another path where there's some consequences for this kind of behavior and an ability because we're not doing them any favor, just like we're not doing people with b- mental health issues and leaving them alone. And So there's, there there are constraints on us, but um, we're all ready to um, take it head on and really try to address what we can. The families that are out there, there's a number of them. That's what we can help with. That's where we're seeing results. That's what we do all day with our nonprofits. The disaster has made it even a little bit tougher. I have a, a mother with a 19-year-old autistic son who got flooded out of their house, and um, she's having a hard time finding an apartment right now. They're staying at a hotel, and so if anybody has an apartment, she only needs it until the house can get repaired, the landlord's repairing it, but it's going to be a month-to-month kind of situation.
1: All right, we got Susie in Atascadero on KVEC. Hi, Susie. Hi, Dave. Hi, Susie. Uh, I, just,
2: I just have a quick question.
3: I was surprised that there was a supervisor meeting on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock.
2: Whose idea was that, and, and why was it held then? It was held then because we had to do it within the, the frame. Of time to get it on, uh, get the item, the planting ordinance repeal on the agenda, um, and that time was necessary because of other things that were going in play with sequa timing and all of that. So this if, is the
1: Paso Robles basin. We're yes, this about. is the
2: Paso Robles basin correct. Yes, right. But whose
3: whose idea was it to um, do it that way, and why it? Sunday morning at ten when? A lot of people aren't really aware of what's going on. Was
1: that, Paul, was that Supervisor Well, Paul first
2: we said we'd do it on Friday,
1: yeah.
2: and then Supervisor Prashan was gone, and then we said we could do it on Monday, and then Supervisor Arnold said she was gone, and so we had to do it within a certain time frame, and so we said we'd go to work, and you know, whenever we could, and Sunday morning was the time. So we all decided yeah. on Sunday.
3: And how many people attended the meeting?
2: In well, the it was, it, let me just note that it was a notification. There really wasn't any conversation. Action. That will be coming right. up. That'll be coming up on Tuesday. So if you want to get into the actual conversation about it and, and make comment on it, that would be, you could come on Tuesday. Um, so this was just notifying. So the meeting lasted 15 minutes.
3: Right. And the, the reason that it was in such a hurry was because the previous Majority had decided to do something different with the planting planting ordinance. Is that correct?
2: Well, they actually brought forth a planting ordinance. So we didn't. We've never had a planting ordinance before, and so but time you know, was to, time was of wasn't the essence it to allow small farmers to use. 25 acres of water. It's for anybody to use 25 acre farm. Big farmers, small farmers, medium farmers, anybody could use 25 acres. So that's a lot of acreage of water. Um, and so we wanted certainly, um, we've got some ideas, though, in order to um, address those farmers who got caught up in the uh, moratorium. Yeah. Right. Okay. All okay. right. Thank, thank you very much. All right, thank you. Susie.
1: Thank you. 805-543-8830. Eric is in Santa Margarita. Hi, Eric.
4: How are you guys doing? We're good, Eric. Yeah, you know, staying on that subject, um, interestingly enough, I've heard a lot of things, especially from Gibson and Paul Dean, um, and it seems like Don's going voting with them. Um, you know, Sigma will take care of it. No, Sigma can't. That's not Sigma's job.
1: What is Sigma? Um, what is Sigma? Basically, what is Sigma? Uh,
2: no, that's not that. So I, I have uh, when we had the ordinance come before us in December. I, you know, Jimmy wasn't on the board at that time. Um, and it was it was myself and Bruce. And it, you know, I think it's really important for our listeners to understand that our planning commissioners all voted, um, no. All of them, all five, voted no on the planting ordinance. Every one of the agriculture organizations in this county said no to the planting ordinance. There is something here that, you know, sometimes people just, we understand the concerns, and I really, as I mentioned in the last call, you know, we want to make sure that we try to figure out something for the ones who got lost in the moratorium, but we have a bigger responsibility to the entire basin, and that means everybody. That's so, not
4: true. That's simply not true. Well, the, the problem is... Is when they made the moratorium, it was to stop the big growers from using so much water. What they did is they took advantage of the moratorium, started using more water, but the county basically said, and we have a constitutional right in this state right. to the water under the overliers have a constitutional right to that water. Right. The county's saying, no, you don't, because people like Bruce Gibson, look where his money came from, tens of thousands of dollars from people like Jay Lore Etc. That want don't want to share this water, and I know that Don. I believe your you have Pavo as your rack member, and I just wanted to, no, <laughs> <No. laughs> okay. want to read I, I, you something between.
2: No, I don't. I have an incredible Eric, guy as yeah, my, Eric. Stand
1: back. by, stand by. She's yeah. correcting you. Go ahead, Don. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, I have a new rack member. Pavo hasn't been my rack member for a long time. Um, I have a guy named Michael Nordstrom, who is an attorney from um, in Avila Beach, yeah. with a big water background. But I think that the fact is, well, I just want to give you
4: the agenda of the people you're
2: taking. Yeah, but fire. how about how about the growers and the shippers? How about the Farm Bureau? How about the cattlemen? How about? All the people that have been saying that, look, we want to make sure that everybody has their fair chance at the water. We understand that. But 25 acre feet and putting sequa into agriculture is not the path, Eric. And that's, that's all, we can all agree on that. And we can then find a path to make sure we help the, the people who got to left out.
4: Or not, I want I to just read you a very small part of Pavo and Bruce Gibson. Uh, what, talking but but, but pavo has gone. Eric, and, and this is Gone. And I said it this the other day. Doesn't matter. She's going along with Bruce. Bruce and, and Jimmy took tens of thousands of dollars. Did, people I, I, want to People that start I... water banking. You should I' know gonna, what they are yeah. talking about in private yeah. emails.
1: All right. Uh, <laughs> Eric, if you want to come on the show, I'll be happy to give you time. I appreciate the call.
2: You know, any can, other
1: comment you want to make?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, you know, if we're going to have a whole conversation, I'm happy to have a whole conversation one day on that. And I'll tell you what, the conspiracy stuff is not doing anybody any good. And so, you know, we need to make sure that we talk. We were going to get sued. The state was going to come in. There's a number of things going on here. And so... You know, these guys, you're never going to change their mind. That's all there is to it.
1: 805-543-8830 for 3rd District County Supervisor Don Ortiz-Leg. Lance is with us. Hey, Lance.
0: Dave, how you doing? Never better. Uh, I uh, appreciate you having the supervisor on. It's always good to have our local elected officials on. But uh, my question um, is, I posed this to uh, Supervisor Paulding when you had him on last month, about the unfunded or underfunded uh, pension liability And his only solution was to put it on the back of the taxpayers. Uh, Don, is that your solution, too, is to put it on the back of the taxpayers, the unfunded liability pension?
2: Well, our situation at the county is that, you know, we have our own pension system. And um, we have we are making our payments. We are on track. So I don't I don't think that we have to put it on anybody's back. We're we're taking care of it.
0: Well, according to the financial reports, we are underfunded um and so what financial report point, the the pension financial report which from pension the
2: from the county we as i said we we're we're working through that We we continue to make payments we're continuing to work through that i i that's you know it, so, we have so, to have the responsibilities
0: so okay, so i want to hear. So you are telling me that the county's pension plan is fully funded?
2: I would say that our pension plan is in pretty good shape, but it's not something that has well, continued well, to be brought to me. And I know that we we have been balancing out over the years. So people have taken less; they have contributed more. So it's been a long term process. So you're
1: not concerned about it?
2: Well, well, being I, concerned, I have the concern about, about everything. It. I
0: mean, I, yeah. so you're telling me though that you don't know if it's fully funded or if it's not.
2: I am telling you that we are on track to continue to reduce the liabilities and to make sure that we eventually get to that point with fully funding. It's one of the reasons why we have a hard time getting new people because we take so much now out of paychecks to help their own pensions. That's one of the things that's happening.
0: You, okay, you, you just answered my question. You're on track to get rid of the liability to fully fund it, which means we have a liability, and, and Supervisor Paulding's solution was on to close that gap even more with taxpayer dollars. Is that your solution, or should it be on the employee's backs?
2: I would like to take some time Lance and come back to you with a full answer on it because I think that we are already doing it without putting it on taxpayers backs. All
1: right Lance, thank you. Speaking of all that, what about the pay raise that's being proposed? You the, getting any blowback on that?
2: Oh yes. Oh yes. This so Tom folks was the first person that gave me blowback on it. Really? <laughs> yes. Um and um there's no ever there's what never he, a does he what does he care? <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, there's never a good time for a pay raise. And the fact is, is that it's miserable out there right now. It's absolutely miserable. And so I can see why people would be upset. On the other hand, as I have said to folks, you know, it's been well over a decade since the board has given themselves a pay raise. And we what happens is that we have compaction. And so our legislative a compaction means our legislative assistants, the people that we're in charge of, are are nearing our pay level. They have already been through our pay level, wow. and so we have to, you know, give ourselves like five percent here, and that's what we do. And so it's it's been a long time coming. It's been something that we have been discussing as a board of members that are sixty plus, and as we look for talented, well thoughtful well thinking and um, experienced individuals we need to have a scale that is similar to other counties of our size and
1: i believe the top it tops out like at 110,000
2: maybe yeah. something like
1: that over you know, a couple of years that's probably and not that high a couple of terms
2: yeah a couple of terms it's really not that high no cuz i think I, I think i'm at 84 the tribune so.
1: has endorsed it
2: tribune has endorsed it i'm
1: not bothered by it
2: yeah a lot of most people aren't I have a lot of people tell me i you know there's a lot of folks who understand that um you know what people don't also understand is that the county doesn't pay for me to be a member of the Chamber of Commerce or to go to the Chamber of Commerce dinner or to go to the um fundraiser for the nonprofits. We yeah. all of that comes out of our own pockets. We do it weekly. Yeah. We must have um, uh, out there with our communities. We get a forty dollars stipend for our cell phone. Our cell phone is our only phone, so we use our own personal cell phone. And I mean, there's a lot of things that you know really. Take a cut.
1: All right. We're in conversation with 3rd uh, District County Supervisor Don ortiz Leg. We'll take a short break and come back for a final segment right here on AM 920 FM 96.5 News Talk KVEC. All right. We're in our final segment with 3rd uh, District County Supervisor Don ortiz Leg. Uh, hmm. You can have you can have door number one or door number two. <laughs>
2: Let's bring him on. Yeah. I also want to mention that tomorrow I will be in Avila at the um, the doggy parade, Paws Valentine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So what time know. is that? It's at ten thirty, eleven o'clock tomorrow. All right, Avila, bring your dog.
1: We got Richard and Aurora Grande. Hey, Richard, how you doing? We're good, Richard.
2: How are you, sir? Hi, Mister Patton.
5: How are you, Don?
2: I'm good. Uh, I miss
5: you being my supervisor, by the way. <laughs>
2: Oh, that's sweet.
5: Well Well draw new map. I have for you. Go ahead. Pardon me? Go ahead. Okay. The only uh question I have for you is uh I know that a lot of people don't either don't like the map, they don't like the pairings, they don't like the way it's divided, whatever. But I would l I would like you to tell the audience which of the rules of redistricting were violated in the map. Which is the only thing that would make it illegal?
1: Where's Rita Neal when we need her? <laughs>
2: yeah. I would say the communities of interest is 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 one, and then I also would say the um, the um, the packing and the stacking or whatever that's called <laughs> the packing. Well, of, it's of called the...
5: packing and stacking, but there yes. is none in the map, and also the redistricting for um, uh, the. Uh, oh. There is no viol. Well, first of all, there is no violation of any rule in the map that I drew. And and if that's the case, we probably will need to take it uh, to the next level to determine. It's already been passed by a judge. It's already been voted on by the majority of the uh, board of supervisors, and no one has to to date found uh, a rule. That has been violated
2: well i i I know that's your position mr patton and you know and and I do think that there's a a little bit of um in regards to the first judge's statement, which she felt that um the timing was bad to try to change it, but that there but was you've you got the votes,
1: you can do yeah, whatever you yeah, want
2: that's right, so yeah, but you know i mean we we want to be fair to everybody, and I think that's the piece, and it was you know it was it was just was it was it was well, a it was a long haul. Here. What else, Richard?
5: Well, that's about it. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that everyone realized that as far as the rules for map drawing goes, none were violated.
1: I'm glad you called, Richard. Thank you. 805 543 8830 for Supervisor Ortiz Leg. Sandy's in Arroyo Grande. Hi, Sandy.
2: Hi, baby. Hi. Hi, Sandy Gone.
3: Hi. I knew it. I knew it. He's gone. Congrats on the win, okay, (laughs) girls. Congrats. I do want to do that for you. Um, My question is about the twenty percent increase. Number one, you know, I I just feel that a supervisor, um, serving on the board, is really a public servant. It's not really a job. Oh, I completely understand. (laughs) I mean, well, no, no, no. Seriously, yeah, I'm serious. I'm laughing. Well, (laughs) Well, I know you're laughing with me. I'm sure. But the thing is, I mean, we have former congresswomen, congressmen that, you know, that did it, you know, that were a public servant as well.
1: Well, do you want to, con- you know, know, you wait a minute, Sandy, question. if I may, do you know what, what a congressperson makes now? They make over 150000 a year, I believe.
3: Mike, I said former.
1: Yeah, but that's not now. Okay,
3: no, okay. but it is. Okay, but as far as the increase, done, I just want to clarify, does that include benefits? Like health benefits, life insurance benefits,
2: benefits, and the 401k. We don't have... um, We can make contributions to uh, a retirement plan, um, and then we do get health benefits. That's correct. We have a cafeteria, and um, we can do that. And then... um, we have, um, let's see. So yeah, we do. We do get some benefits, of course. But I will. I will debate this, Sandy. This is a full time job. Um, you know, I mean, ten hour, twelve hour days. There's a need. I mean, it, this is the way that's that's been set up in the state of California. We are oh, a subdivision no, I of the state.
3: Agree. But I think when someone's going for a job, I mean, they're looking at getting extra money. I do appreciate that you did explain. Which, that what you I, do have to pay for the meetings. You do have to pay for your meals. I didn't know that. So thank you for clarifying on that issue.
2: Well, I appreciate that. But the other thing I think is that, you know, in some counties, what they do is that they take a judge's salary and then they take like a third of it or something because judges do make pretty, you know, pretty significant funds. And, and that's a big job, too. But what they do is that when. Based on the Constitution, when the judges get an increase, the supervisors get an increase. So they do it like that. So you don't have to give yourself a raise. That's really the way to do it. So it gets tied, and it's very clear on how it's done, and many many counties do it that way.
3: And we're not doing it that way. Is that what you're saying, or we are?
2: We're not doing it that way. Should we do it that way? I think we should. I yeah, think, I we, think should. we should. I
3: do. Yeah, and but I really it would, do because that way then it, there's a sake for of transparency for everyone, you know, and to so say, oh, let's
2: just do twenty percent.
3: No, we know we, where we that number is coming from.
2: This is very transparent. This is very transparent. We what we do is in the report. If you'll look at the um, the item that's coming up on Tuesday, you'll see where we are in regards to other. Um, Counties. counties yeah and so where the medium is where the median income is and then where we are so and they,
3: are those like size counties as far yep. as demographics mm-hmm.
2: with income yeah yep. in income okay yeah
3: all right okay. sandy I just, I just wanted to clarify That's i'm glad good. you called thank nice you sandy thank,
1: thank you very much bye-bye all right see that was easy all the stolberg tatum text line you can help the homeless but what can you do to punish the criminals who pay on the hom- who prey on the homeless and non-homeless alike
2: that's what I'm talking about Dave I really we've got to have a path for consequences I am really just beside myself on this stuff it's it's I want to be a county where we take some action on our own um i I'm talking restorative justice you know I brought this to I, I'm fully engaged a lot of these folks have had traumas in their life and everything but we we every situation in the homeless and the unhoused is a different situation this situation over here with the with the with the Criminal stuff is got to be taken in, into consideration and, and taken on another path. And,
1: and, and in partnership, I would imagine, with prioritizing mental health.
2: And, and prioritizing mental health. That's correct. Um, de- definitely mental health is a big piece of it, too. We also have, you know, like I talk about right now, we're, I'm working on something to help the Medically fragile seniors that we have that are living at our homeless shelters because there's no place for them to go. And there's counties that get extra funds so they could actually go into residential housing that, and there's beds out there, um, for seniors in, in some of the places. And, but we, we, we don't have that gap funding. Uh, Some counties do, but we don't. There's, there's just many different um, formulas depending on the need we have the eight the 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 youth that's aged out youth from foster care they need a path that's a different kind of a path than the family path than the senior path and then this this other path of the ones that are very visible and causing some um, neighborhood issues
1: have we been able to identify any county in california who's doing it right in terms of homelessness and mental health
2: um, or are we no, all struggling? If you see my LinkedIn today, there was an article in the Los Angeles Times in regards to the most famous mental health homeless person that died. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, his sisters have been working with Senator Eggman out of Stockton, who's been dealing with this. And right now, our care court stuff is being sued by due to civil liberties. And, I mean, it's just, it's beyond me.
1: On the Stolberg Tatum text line, a listener says this is very simple. What about jail?
2: Well, I don't necessarily, you know, one of the problems with jail is that um, it, it doesn't lead to the recidivism and all of that stuff. What I think is something is that I think that there needs to be a work farm, and I think there needs to be a a penalty that you've got to pay back what you've stolen and you work at this for a time. And there's some restorative um, justice pieces to it where you get some skills and some training. You get, you get, you get some dignity back in your life and in purpose. And then, you know, I mean, we've got to have another path and they used to do that in the olden days.
1: Yeah. All right. Supervisor, we appreciate the time as always tomorrow. You're going to be in Avala.
2: Yes. I'm going to be Avala at 11 o'clock at the doggy parade. Um, Competition,
1: and then a week from today is a chance for people to comment on Diablo Canyon.
2: That's correct. Um, it starts at nine thirty, it goes to three thirty, and it is a um, with the Natural Resources Agency in regards to the conservation of Diablo lands and the um, extension of Diablo. But it's really about the part of the bill that had that discussed. Um, the monies that were put towards economic development and conservation. And
1: this will be in the Board of Supervisors' chamber?
2: Friday, February 10th, 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at in the county um, government center. And then there's also remote access via Zoom. So they say, please register in advance. Now, where you're going to find this information right now is um, I'm going to have to put it on my Facebook, my supervisor's Facebook page.
1: All right, uh, Supervisor, thank you for your time. I really
2: appreciate it, Dave.
1: All right, uh, off you go. We've got news and traffic and weather. Up next, Carl Beck predicts the future. Stick around. You're listening to The Dave Congleton Show.